0: Hello, hello, welcome to another episode of How I Teach with the Language Arts Lady. I'm really excited today to bring you episode number 11 because it is part one of a two-part series called Original Short Story Writing and using uh, a darling, darling um, project from one of my Write for a Month books called Dumbo. Uh, Level three. So this is pretty much um, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth in there. Definitely uh, eighth, ninth, seventh, eighth, and ninth graders will have a lot more success with it because it does have all of the story writing elements. So without further ado, let me just get some housekeeping things out of the way first. I am Donna Reish, your host and your teacher. And I am about to present to you number 11 of How I Teach. Now, I want to remind you, I'm going to escape from this screen and just bring up your teacher's notebook for today. So I want to remind you that you have access to a teacher's notebook that comes with every single episode of How I Teach. And uh, particularly this particular one specifically um, has... uh, Nearly an in well, really does have an entire two-week story writing project over episodes number 11 and num- episodes 11 and 12. So this these two episodes are definitely a um, how I teach teachers notebook that you will not want to miss number 11 and 12 because um, I'm going to teach you how I teach story writing in middle school, junior high and then on even on into high school some. And with all of the elements that you see here in this fantastic teacher's notebook, and over these two episodes, every single piece of the story writing two-week project will be there for you in your teacher's notebook. So just a reminder, you can get a teacher's notebook um, at uh, languageartsladyblog.com forward slash how I teach all of them are there or you can get the entire one. Let me see back here where it tells that you can get the entire one uh, at languageartsladyblogcom arts forward slash teachers notebook. So that has the entire um, all of the episodes so far in that teachers notebook, all of the pages, all of the worksheets, all the outlining spaces, all the checklist challenges, everything that I have taught so far. So uh, again, this is a multifaceted, multisensory multi-sensory, if you want to call it that, approach to learning how I teach. And what I mean by that is, let me get to the, the right recording here, the right slide. What I mean by that is that you have the option of watching it at YouTube or at, how, or at language arts lady blog in video form. You also have the option of listening to it at your favorite podcast provider um, specifically, I know it's at Podbean, iTunes, and you can listen to it and follow along with your teacher's notebook sheet, um, or you can, like I said, can watch it on video with the PowerPoint slide slides. So the PowerPoint slides contain the exact same things as the teacher's notebook, but the teacher's notebook is printable for you. And uh, the how I teach PowerPoint slides that I'm going to be teaching from on video are half sheets, right? So um, the teacher's notebook is organized for you already in full size sheets. So following along on video is a great idea. And then printing off your teacher's notebooks to use with your students is another fantastic idea. So here we go. Excited, excited to bring you the original short story, um, part one and uh, we already had a short story we've actually had a few stories so you can catch those in the back of the powerpoint or the back of the teacher's notebook where you can get some free ones some free lessons where you can also buy some monthly downloads and by the middle of the summer so individual lessons will be also be at teachers Pay teachers for you um, but in the meantime we're putting up all of the write for a month books, and these are month long books. So this is coming from right on Dumbo, level three, which is the uh, sixth, seventh and eighth grade level. And um, it is based on the book slash movie slash character of Dumbo, the elephant. And prior to this, we had episode two with writing a very short story, and that was with Mowgli. And then had a lot of the same elements of today's story, except this is a little bit longer. And then we also had, um, and that was high school level. um, And even though it was a bit shorter than this project, um, it was much more difficult to do because a lot of times it's more difficult to do a a longer writing project than, a shorter writing project than it is to do a longer one um, when you are trying to keep it so tight and succinct. So there's a lot of that in that writing a very short story from um, how I teach number two. Then we also had a twice-told tale. um, That was for fourth and fifth grade. That was Goldilocks. And so that had some story writing elements in it for sure, episode number six. And then we had a dialogue story last time, which was episode 10, uh, which was for sixth through 12th grade. And that was two toys in the Darlings toy room in Peter Pan. Oh my word, cute, cute, cute projects. Very, very inviting. All right, so here we go with hit number 11. This is how I start all of my writing projects in all of my books, and it is an expectation page. Uh, We call it the overview page. And um, if you are looking in your teacher's notebook, it says at the top projects three and four, original animated elephant story. And if you're with me on PowerPoint, you can see that this is the two page overview. Now, this is tells the student and the teacher exactly what the project will entail. I always tell the kids look down here at this note. It says this overview box at the very bottom, which is provided at the beginning of each project, is here to give students and teachers an at-a-glance look at the entire assignment each step of each lesson is assigned in detail throughout the week so a lot of times kids and parents can look at this box and say we have to do all this we have to write six paragraphs we have to do uh goals we have to do obstacles we have to do descriptions we have to do dialogue we have to do you know 48 to 60 total sentences you know oh we have to do all that today no this shows what the whole project contains now you don't have to use anything this detailed for your expectation explanations. Uh, that is explaining expectations to your students. You don't have to use something this extensive. This is just how I've done it for a long time, and it's my students have come to ex, uh, expect it on their big projects. They always expect everything laid out for them, and um, I like to go a little overboard with expectations. And I think this came from parenting seven children. Uh, we homeschooled seven kids for 32 years, and we actually had children at home for 35 years. And so in that time frame, we became masters of expectation explanations. My husband was really, really good at it. And I was pretty good at it, but I had a lot more of it to do, right? Because I was with them for 10 hours more a day than he was. But, um, And so from that has just come my intense desire to give students what they need to know. So they're not freaking out, right? How many of us as adults freak out because we don't know what is expected? So this is going to be a short story about an elephant. It is going to be five paragraphs for basic students and six paragraphs for extension students. So it's multi-level, but because they are going to have some dialogue in their story, We tell them, I tell them actually to count their sentences. And you'll see when we look at the sample, how a paragraph could just contain one sentence of dialogue, right? If you were with me in episode number 10, the dialogue story for 6th through 12th grade students, you learned, um, and you probably already know this, that every time a a speaker changes, the paragraph changes. Right, so because of that, when it comes to including dialogue in stories, I have students count total sentences. Now I know I preach a lot about words make up sentences, sentences make up paragraphs, paragraphs make up reports, stories, essays, projects, writing projects, book reports, memoirs, everything, right? And then those things make up books, of course. And so with that, I really, really focus on the paragraphs because a paragraph is a unit of thought. And so I teach kids all the time. A paragraph is a unit of thought. If you change thoughts, you change paragraphs. But dialogue changes that game, right? And then uh, I have we have to go back and say, okay, now the exception to that is when you were writing with dialogue. So when you're writing with dialogue, we change paragraphs every time a speaker changes. And so that is why when it comes to story writing with dialogue, we count Roman numeral four here on the expectation box, we count uh, sentences rather than paragraphs. All right, then you can see that there will not be an opening paragraph. You have also probably noticed in all of my factual types of writing projects that I've had so far and how I teach, uh, episode one, writing the three favorites essay, uh, writing boxes, research report writing for episode four, writing from a given source for episode five. Um, All of these things, I do opening paragraphs and closing paragraphs after the student writes. And we do that because they can't entice and provoke and uh, excite a reader to read the body of their paper with an outstanding opening paragraph if they don't know what the paper contains. So we come back later and add a certain type of opening paragraph and a certain type of closing paragraph to all um, informative or um, essay or report writing. But when it comes to story writing, we teach the student to weave in the opening, the setting, and all of that, and then weave in the closing so that it doesn't sound like it was added later, like it often can in story writing. So students will not write a separate opening paragraph. They will weave all information into it. And students will not write a separate closing paragraph. You will weave your story's conclusion into the story. Now, um, then quotations, they are going to have dialogue in this because as I said, this is a sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade project. So they are writing dialogue. And then we have some other skills that they're going to develop that I'm going to be teaching you this week and next week. All right. so. Um, When it comes to uh, all of the elements of story writing, when I first set out to write curriculum 20 years ago, I had no idea how to write a story. I had been trained in elementary education for my undergraduate degree and my master's work was reading specialist. And um, I really, really learned all about how to teach advanced English, right? You know, beyond fifth grade, uh, as far as grammar and vocabulary and editing and just all the elements of language arts through doing with my own students as a homeschooling mom and using various curriculum materials and then when we you know we expanding and we were not just writing from sources that we gave to the students my son was my co-writer and my co-teacher, and he taught me how to teach story writing. So it came about full circle, right? I taught him how to put his commas in, how to write topic sentences, how to write thesis statements, how to write research reports, uh, just everything, how to debate, how to get evidence for debate, how to structure speeches, just everything language arts related. And then as an adult, he taught me how to teach story writing because he was just a master at it. And Um, He has since left teaching and now, uh, as of the last few months, is a nurse, um, but I really miss teaching with him and writing with him. We just had so many good years together doing that, but he taught me everything I'm going to teach you. How exciting and fun is that? All right, so uh, first of all, we always start out with the teach, practice, apply, right? You've heard me talk about this in previous episodes, so we are going to teach the elements of story writing, Right. Again, I'm not going to ask a student to do something that I have not equipped them to do. Right. I'm not going to say, "Okay, you go write a story, make it about an elephant and, you know, have it be make believe and have them have elephants and animals talking and, um, you know, go do that. (laughs) Right. We're not going to do that to students. We are going to give them all of the tools that they need to write well. We're gonna give them all of the tools that they need to complete the project that we're asking them to complete. So we have two major teaching aspects right there. Expectations, well outlined for the student, and then tools, right? The tools and the skills that they need to complete the project. So here we go, let's get some skills. So the protagonist must have a goal. So we teach them who the protagonist is. Um, I will say that depending on when you get these books, they may have a different look and a different layout uh, because as we get them up in Teachers Pay Teachers, we are doing some other things with layout. So they might look just a little bit different than this. Um, I should start mentioning that because we're getting them up over there in the next um, month or two. All right, so the protagonist is the main character, All right? Now, I always like to teach with, from what the students already know. So I always say, what do you already know? What do you already know? What do you already know, right? They know so much. We all know so much. We just don't realize how much we know. And the same thing is true with students. Tell them you know so much more than you think you know. So I have them highlight the word pro here in this heading, level lesson A, and then I draw an arrow to the margin and they write four, pro means four, okay? I don't know why, but for a number of years, I remember thinking the protagonist was the bad guy. I think I thought antagonist was somebody who um, antagonized people, right? That even has ant in it, doesn't it? So the first thing that I do is tell them what they already know. So I'll say, if you are pro colts are you for the cults or are you against the cults? Well, I'm for the cults. Okay. So your protagonist is your character that you are for, right? Then they learn that the action is the goal that the entire story revolves around. The character has a singular goal that holds the entire story together. And we're going to look at the sample this week and next week, both. And that is for Edgar the elephant to protect his leaves and his water. And then it teaches, we teach here all about the protagonist and the protagonist's goal and then we have them practice. So in the teach, practice, apply model that I've discussed in earlier episodes, we teach the material, we have them practice it in exercises and so forth, especially when it comes to grammar and usage, and then we have them apply it. So our teach is here in this lesson, our practices here in this exercise of look each of the characters and stories up given below look each look each look up each of them and what goals did each of the characters have and we made common movies that children would that all students would know about finding Nemo Marlin Mr. Incredible and Incredibles Mike and Sully and Monsters University Merida and Brave Carl and Up Woody and Toy Story and this is their practice so they're practicing taking the protagonist the character that they are for and telling the character's goal or goals, okay? Because they've just learned that every story needs a goal, one big goal and then maybe some mini goals depending on how long their story is going to be, right? And then Woody and Buzz, Remy, Mike and Sully, Flick and Lightning in Cars, all right? Then there is a help box because at this point we are still in the P stage, we're still in the practice. So I just have them put large sticky notes over the help box and I tell them, there's no reason for you to look in the help box. It's, you're not gonna get a better grade by looking in the help box. You're not going to get an A I want you to think about what the goal is of Marlon in Finding Nemo. What is the goal of Mr. Incredible? What is the goal in Mike and Sully? And then take your sticky note off of your help box. I notice. <coughs> Excuse me, notice it's called a help box and not an answer key, okay? Because they can get some help. They can just uncover a couple and get some help and then finish it, right? So if this is their help box helping them. All right, then they're going to go back through the list. This is A2. Go back through the list and circle any of the stories where the goal changes or the main character is happy even though he or she didn't achieve the original goal. In those stories, what was the new goal and why was it better than the original? Sometimes that happens, right? And then there are some possible answers in the help box for A2. So the help boxes in my books are correlated, you know, with the exercise. So the exercise is A2 and the help box there is help box for A2. All right, now we're moving on to lesson B, which is a pre-writing and obstacles. And that protagonist, that person that we are for must face obstacles i like how joshua worded this even the best goal means nothing in a story unless there are significant obstacles that stand in the way of the main character reaching his goal the character must have the inner strength to fight through whatever obstacles are in his way and so in your story your elephant wants to get away from another angry elephant but all he has to do to achieve that goal is to go to the door turn the knob and run away it will not be an interesting story so your character has a goal and big obstacles standing in his or her way. And what does he or she do? This is where stories get interesting. If your character sees all the obstacles and decides to give up the goal, then the story ends. But if he faces, a char- faces obstacles and succeeds or doesn't succeed, that is what makes the story interesting. So teach, practice. They're going to put the goals of all of those characters that we, they just talked about in lesson A what, the goal, what are the goals of all of them? Um, and then there's a help box for that also. So they are still in the teach and the practice stages of learning protagonist, goals, and obstacles. All right, now we're going to move to the original animated elephant sample story. All right, and I am going to need to make my screen bigger. Okay, so this is... Uh, It was written by my writing assistant, Zach Keezer, and um, it has one, two, three, four, five, six paragraphs in it. Okay. And that uh, it has X number of sentences, the same number of sentences that the student was assigned, and it has some dialogue here. All right. Now, this is not the dialogue essay. Uh, the dialogue story that we had in hit 10, this is they just have to add some dialogue, right? So they could add a pair, a sentence or two of somebody speaking um, at this date. Okay, so uh, this sample, first of all, it's given because do I want to say it again? We want to give students all the tools that we can give them to succeed. We want them to succeed. I know that you want your students to succeed. We all want our students to succeed, and one of the best ways to help them succeed is to give them their expectations and give them the tools. And I would add, give them samples of everything you want them to do. And some teachers are really hesitant about the whole sample situation. They're like, "Well, then they won't come up with any ideas on their own. They'll just, you know, use a sample, or, um, you know, that'll, it'll." distract them from their own ideas and i have not found that to be the case in 20 years of providing samples for every project that my kids write as a matter of fact when i'm reading it out loud oh i love reading the samples out loud to my students they are they just their faces line up sometimes they're writing little notes in the margins sometimes they're like elbowing their neighbor and whispering something the lightning the lights are just coming on the light bulbs are just flickering and they're so excited as they think about something you know they'll 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 just think of anything that the sample reminds them of and they get excited about it themselves so um let me see I don't know um, I will read part of it this week and part of it next week. So, Edgar the elephant woke up to the warmth of bright sun on his closed eyelids. Lazily, he gathered his huge legs under him and rose up. He lumbered nonchalantly over to the nearby pool. After drinking, he waded into the deepest part of the pool and began splashing himself with water. This luxuri- The luxuriously cool water of the pool on his hot skin woke him up and made him hungry. So he reached up to the tree hanging above him and began munching some leaves. The day was starting exactly how he loved it to begin. Suddenly, he stopped eating with leaves and branches hanging out of his mouth. He had heard something behind him. There it was again, an unmistakable crunching and chewing noise. Some other animal was stealing through from inside his zoo enclosure. With the trumpet of indignation, he turned and charged toward the direction of the sound. He expected to discover a monkey or some other sneaky creature. However, as he rounded the corner, to his surprise, he discovered another elephant. All right, we're definitely going to get into more of the sample next week because we're going to talk about the um, climax. We're going to talk about the progression of the story and how things get bigger and worse as things go on, how you start out calmly, um, a calm opening and so forth. And so we will be looking in the elephant sample story to do that. All right, let me see what I've done here. Okay, good. All right, so that's going to be next week. So I'm going to move into uh, scene development, creating scene descriptions. All right, so one of the ways that we teach children to story write is to uh, teach them how to write descriptively. And there are two problems with this with that most students encounter with descriptive writing. And the first one is lack of description. And the second one is over description, right? So you know they have this short story, they have eight paragraphs. So one of the things that I always tell my students is, this is not a long enough space, a long enough assignment, a long enough story and enough time to develop everything that you want to describe. So we teach them how to choose what to describe. So there are two keys to this, and one is to use action and the other one is to be picky. So, we teach them, first of all, not to use being, helping, and linking verbs alone. So, what this means is rather than saying the window pane was glossy, we tell them, take out the was. Now, what can you say? The window pane glistened. Yes, much better. And so, that is why I'm really big on teaching being, helping, and linking verbs. We've grouped them all together into this BHL verb song, be a helper link verb song. And it has being verbs, helping verbs and linking verbs because they all act the same when it comes to writing. They are used as helpers. They are passive. They have do not have adverbs with them when they're used as auxiliary verbs or linking verbs. And um, we want to avoid using them by themselves as much as possible. So, they all have those commonalities. So, they learn the song be a helper, link verbs is our am, wasn't were, be and being, been, become, hasn't had and have our ones, can, could, shall, should, they are fun, will, would, do, did, doesn't, done, may, might, must, there's some as well, peer, looks, seem, remain, taste, feel, and smell. And then they have all 36 of the being, helping, and linking verbs. And then we teach them not to use them. The second key is to be picky about what you spend time describing. So, I we talk to them about how you, uh, you can't just see where, where this is heading. Okay. Well, you can't just describe anything and everything. You have to only describe the things that have direct impact on your story, your, your goals, your obstacles, your character, right? So you don't describe the trees in the background unless those trees in the background drop coconuts into the water and they have a be- some bearing on your story, right? So we teach them to be picky about what they spend describing. And we teach them uh, to be picky about what they spend time describing. And we we teach them to get rid of passive writing. So instead of he was woken up by the cold water, the cold water woke him up. So try to not use a lot of being helping and linking verbs. And so there's an exercise. So teach, practice, here they're practicing. And of course they will apply when they write their own story, right? And if you were in, uh, if you saw what number was that, um, how to complete the checklist challenge, uh, that was episode number nine. You'll see how we use um, the checklist challenge to go in and find boring verbs and change them to strong verbs. So that is going to be another step in the apply process. So here they're going to work on changing these sentences to be more action oriented. And then they're going to choose five objects in the room and write a sentence using action describing each one. And then we have two more help boxes for them. So uh, those they can get help with any of those sentences in those previous two assignments that they're stuck on. All right, I'm gonna run out of time and I even divided this up into two. All right, let me just, uh, I did dialogue, I did a lot of dialogue for you in episode number 10, the dialogue story. And um, I'll just give some highlights here on the D1 dialogue box, okay? So first of all, this is not their first encounter with dialogue, okay? So this is not their very first time they've written with dialogue. My students start writing with quotes in second grade, when we have them add one quote to a paragraph and we teach them how to use a beginning speech tag comma quote capital letter period end of the quote end quote right so it starts there it doesn't start here in the middle of their eight paragraph story right so they've already had experience with quotes all right and that started early and then and again Every tool that is needed. So you'll see in this week and next week. So far we've learned protagonist, goals, obstacles, um, passive writing, how descriptive, and how to choose what to write. And now dialogue. Next week we learn all the elements of creating a story that increases in intensity, has a conclusion, has a climax, has a resolution, all of those things. And that's going to be next week. So all the tools again are here for them, and. This dialogue box here, they've seen dialogue boxes many times. I think about the first 12 episodes that I have here of how I teach, they, the very first one, writing three favorites, they had to write one, add one quote to that. Writing a very short story, they were not supposed to put dialogue because it was so short, they were learning conciseness. Um, research report writing, they had to write one quote in that paper. Uh, Twice told tales. They had to include several dialogue. That was, um, oh, that was level two. So they only had to include one instance of dialogue there. Um, A lot of times the checklist challenge will have them put in uh, quotes. The dialogue story was loaded. That was all dialogue. So I say all this to say that students are taught incrementally in all of my books. And so They come along here and this is another layer of that dialogue learning for them. All right, so this came from the sample and um, it is uh, from the Edgar sample and it has who's speaking. And so what we do here is we highlight the name of each person who is speaking And then we go through and talk about how it is an opening speech tag or closing speech tag and how it is punctuated. And so then we have a lesson on dialogue and on speech tags and uh, a summary of how you know when to change paragraphs within dialogue with, with speech tags, fantastic they're they're getting so much better at it year by year right every year and sometimes i have students who you know they really are into story writing a lot and they say can i add more dialogue can i have a lot of dialogue can i add more paragraphs to which i say you can do all of that and if you need help you take a screenshot of it and you email it to me you text it to me you facebook message it to me you Bring it, bring your paper in next week and I'll help you correct it so that your punctuation is correct in your story. Um, Or you can show up on my doorstep and I will help you, right? And I encourage them to go ahead and put that dialogue in if they really want to. Put a lot of dialogue in if they want to because then they they have the opportunity to practice dialogue a lot more and I'm just gonna fix it for them, right? I'm still gonna fix it, I'm still gonna help them. Uh, because anytime they want to do more, they want to do extra, I don't want to tell them, no, don't put more dialogue in because you don't know how to do it. Instead, what I say is you can put more dialogue in, but you'll probably need a longer story, right, because dialogue takes up space, and dialogue takes up paragraphs, and dialogue takes up reader's attention, so you'll probably need more story if you're going to have more dialogue, so if you want to write a longer story and have more dialogue, you can, and I will help fix it for you. So I'm so excited to teach you story writing through the Edgar story. And next week we will be doing a lot more with the Edgar story in how I teach episode 12, which is part two of this beginning story writing. So then they practice because we always teach and we always practice and we always apply. All right, get your freebies. I'm at the back matter now, languageartsladyblog.com forward slash how I teach for this week or for the whole teacher's notebook so far. languageartsladyblog.com forward slash teachers notebook. I have some freebies here for you related to this. These all have uh, elements of quotations and stories in them. So the Peter Pan level three freebie, the Mowgli level four freebie, the Peter Pan five freebie and uh, the how to complete the checklist challenge freebie. So those are completely free. You can just hop on over to languageartsladyblog.com and snag those. There are 18 freebies actually there for you. All right, and then here are the digital products that are related to this episode uh, that you can purchase. So lots and lots of story writing in all of my month-long learn for a month writing books. And then we also have a lot of story writing and meaningful composition, especially in our creative writing books. Thank you for joining me. I'd love to teach your students, create a class. Here we go, online or in person. And my husband uh, is a private tutor, teaches online, um, and we would love to help you in any way. Thank you for joining me. And um, I will see you in episode number 12. Thanks.